So in just a few weeks, we will travel to see family in Missouri and Mississippi. Missouri, every state has this, you know, the tagline, right? Missouri is what? The show me state, right? Um, New York is what? the coffee state, right? Uh, the coffee state. Um, so Mississippi, the hospitality state. And so my mom lives in the home that I grew up in. And invariably, we will be there, and someone will come for a visit. They will drive down the driveway, and my mom will get out of her chair, and we'll go to the front door, take one or two steps on the front porch, and she will say a phrase that I've heard all my life. Get out and come in. Get out and come. I have yet to see someone who has refused that kind of hospitality. I've never seen someone just park in the driveway. Get out and come in. Hospitality. As a matter of fact, when Barb and I lived in Memphis, Tennessee, which is deep south, our neighborhood, in our neighborhood where we would walk or walk our dog that we had at that time, people would come off of their front steps to talk to us. One time, as a matter of fact, or several times, they come off their front steps and say, I don't think we've ever met. That is hospitality. As a matter of fact, there came a point where Barbara and I looked at the clock and said, we really need to walk the dog, but we don't have time to talk to all those people out there. It's hospitality. Over the past year, and specifically over the past few weeks, we've been talking about this idea of hospitality, of inviting or allowing people into your life. I think this is a topic that we are addressing As a country right now, and according to news every day, we're really struggling with how to answer the question, how do you stay in community with people who think differently than you? How do you continue to show hospitality to people who look differently than you, speak, have a completely different background than you? I think it's an issue facing the Christian church, and it's the issue of our church because we live in this culture. So how do we live together with those that we have little in common? How do you live with someone when you can't control them? That people are independent. And so in this passage, and of course we'll read it again eventually months or years down the road, and another kind of theme will bubble up from the surface of this passage. But today I want to talk about this idea of hospitality, of showing hospitality to God, of allowing Jesus Christ in. Because as we all know, Jesus will not be controlled, right? Jesus will not be controlled, as John the Baptist found out. So before the reading of this passage, immediately before this passage that that Bob read, John is in prison. John the Baptist is in prison, and because he confronted Herod, he said to Herod, you just took your brother's wife and made her your wife. You shouldn't do that. 
He went on a limb, and he ended up in prison. Meanwhile, Jesus has sent the disciples out that we talked about last week on this uh, short-term mission trip, and Jesus is doing his own ministry. So Jesus, his popularity is increasing. He's getting accolades and fame, and people are flocking to him. And yet John is in prison. And we know what John's expectations of Jesus were because in John's sermons in the first part of the Gospels, John says, when the Messiah comes, speaking of Jesus, he's going to bring a winnowing fork. Okay, so that's at harvest time where the farmer would put the winnowing fork into the stack and throw the wheat up in the air. Then the wind would separate the good, the usable part of the wheat from the unusable part. And John is saying that when the Messiah comes, he's going to separate the good and the bad, the righteous and the unrighteous, the wicked and the virtuous. As a matter of fact, at one point he says, the axe has already been laid at the root of the tree. And John is in prison. And Herod is in power. So in a way, the good and the bad have been separated. But not the way that John wanted. And so he sends a courier to Jesus and says, So, are you the one, or should we be looking for someone else? So that's his way of saying, you are not acting the way that you're supposed to. So Jesus responds with, well, you go tell John that the blind see, and the deaf hear, and the lame walk, and the mute speak, and lepers are cleansed, and the poor people, who never have anyone advocating for them, never have someone saying uh, anything positive about them, tell them that the poor actually have good news preached to them. And then he says in the same breath, and there's nobody greater than John. So he says to John, you've got to live with me. You've got to live with me. Herod didn't show hospitality, didn't welcome the the news that that John had, and John is struggling with what Jesus is doing and, and acting. And then Jesus moves from John and he says, okay, so let's just talk about our generation. To what shall I compare this generation? There's this interesting quote there, we played the flute for you and you did not dance. We wailed and you did not mourn. And the picture we should have there is two groups of kids who are fighting with one another. One group says, well, I played my flute. I want to play wedding music. And the other group of kids says, no, I want to play music for a funeral. And they can't decide. And so instead of deciding, they don't do anything. So we played the music, but you don't dance. Yeah, but I played the dirge, and you don't mourn. And Jesus says, so John the Baptist comes, and he plays funeral music, saying that I'm coming with a winnowing fork. And all of this talk about judgment, and sin, and repentance, and you don't listen. And I come, and you say, he's got a demon. So I act in a way different from John, and I hang out with those who really do need me and know that they need me, and they, and you say that I'm blasphemous. So that's what's going on in this passage, and I think what Jesus might be getting at there is there's always an excuse to close the door. There's always an excuse to say no to God. There's always an excuse to be offended by the way that God chooses to act in the world. 
There's always an excuse to just close the door. So no matter if God comes with judgment and sin and talking about the difference between light and dark or talks about the joy of salvation, there's always a reason to not be satisfied. And so that's why he says, look, the story of of Sodom, which is a story of not showing hospitality to the message and the messengers of God. It's like, if the things that you have seen me do as Messiah were performed for them, they would repent. And yet, no matter what I do, by the way, the dead are raised, and lepers are cleansed, and the blind see, and you still don't listen. I mean, this is me, this is you, this is everybody. There's always a reason to say no. There's always a difference to be made, saying, no, I don't like that. I, I don't want to accept that God. So what does Jesus say? Jesus doesn't wrap it up in a bow. You know what he says? Come to me. Just be in relationship with me. Just be. Let me be different. Let me be God. Let me be God and Lord for you. Just stay with me. Get out and come in. Just be with me. But what he offers is the true path to unity, which is not a relationship based on a transaction. What you can do for me. Or you're here and I exchange this and you give me this good. Instead, he offers a relationship of transformation. Of just being with you and hearing your complaints and your prayers, the complaints in a good way, right? Our prayer concerns, our concerns, our what about this or no, not that. Just be in a relationship with me. As a matter of fact, he says to go get a padlock, go get handcuffs. Let's do life together is what he's saying there. Like, don't let me so easily offend you, but hear what I'm saying. Let my words into your life. And then you will have peace. The hardest, the hardest thing to wrestle in life is one's relationship with God. And Jesus doesn't tie it up in a bow, but he says, just be in a relationship with me. I think that's incredibly important. Not transaction, but transformation over the course of your life. So as I see it, and from where I stand, and during the week where I sit, I see that we desire to be a hospitable church, a church that shows hospitality, not just on Sunday morning, but seven days a week. And I really think that if we were to embody this as a group of people in this culture, in this neighborhood, during this time, that that would actually be a visible sign of the kingdom of God that has become a reality at 70 Hooker Avenue. That here's a people where I can go, and no matter my background, I belong. And that they want to do life with me. That's what I see. And when we do that, when we live that, we are proclaiming the good news of Jesus and we are showing the goodness of the kingdom of God that truly, no matter who you are, no matter what your background is, no matter where you are in your faith journey, you can belong here. And so, let's be in relationship with one another and let's continue to wrestle with this wonderful God who brings us grace. Let's pray together. It is good news 
that we don't have to be the smartest person in the room to experience your goodness and your grace because you say that you have hidden it. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't click for some people. And for others it does. And so we thank you that you have revealed the gospel to us, infants, people who are young in our understanding. So Jesus, we pray that you would help us to accept you, to accept your teaching, even if it rubs across the grain, even if it doesn't quite make sense or seems rough at the moment. I pray that those of us who are weary, those of us who have had hard bumps all along the way, for those of us who are just carrying heavy burdens and we're asking why, or why now, or why me, that they would experience your gentleness and your humility, that you would take on flesh, you would live among us and carry all of our burdens. I pray that we as a congregation would embody this, that we would show hospitality to you and to all. All are different and yet all belong. So help us to be that city shining on a hill that brings good news to those around it. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.